1: 225 274 1607, or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. all today, Master, Savior. I have come
0: to seek you. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you tonight that you would speak to our hearts. We ask that you would speak to us in such a special way. God, we ask that you would touch us tonight as we hear your word, that it would be alive to us, that it would be real to us, that God, that you would touch us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As I said on Sunday morning, I'm really, really excited and teaching on this subject that we are teaching on when it comes to the life of the believer. Why? Because what we're taught on Sunday, and we're going to continue teaching tonight and Sunday and next Wednesday, is controversial and it's offensive to some people. But this is what I've concluded in my life. The only reason it's offensive is because people haven't experienced it. It's only controversial and offensive to people if they don't or they've never experienced, because anyone who's experienced the power of the Holy Ghost operating, moving, living inside of their life, we will know, or you will say anonymously, come on, no way is it offensive, no way is it controversial, it's just life changing. Do I hear an amen in the house? So tonight we're going to continue to study on the Holy Spirit, the power to live, the power to serve, and I want to add this one, the power to be. The power to live, the power to serve, and the power to be. And the title of my message tonight is actually The Vital Ingredient. The Vital Ingredient of Your Life. So what do I mean by the power to live? We're talking about a life that can be victorious. We don't just get saved and then it goes downhill from then. We're believing that through the salvation experience, yes, we've been forgiven. Yes, our name is in the Lamb's Book of the Life. But yet there are still struggles that we need to endure and make it through in life. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to live a victorious, overcoming life. Not one that's constantly under defeat. We've got too many Christians who are living defeated. Come on, the only one who should be under our defeat or defeat should be the devil, who the Bible says he's under our feet. So he should be the one that's defeat, under our feet, defeated. So it's the power to live. The second thing was the power to serve, to be a godly witness. How many knows people in your work, your neighborhood around you, that you just wished you had the words to share with them? You just wished sometimes you could just express what you felt just a little bit better. Come on God's Holy Spirit said I'll be the power to witness. I'll be a power that will witness out through your life, glorifying God through the actions of our life, reaching and touching others around us. And the last part is the power to be what? To fulfill the potential that God has for your life. There's many out there that are doing good things. Thank God for those. But how many knows God's got greatness for our lives? Good is good. But great is better. Do I hear an amen in the house? So I want to read again from the book of Acts, chapter 1, if I can. We're going to look at Acts, chapter 1. And we're going to look at verse 4, or 4, um, 4 through 8. And it says this in Acts, chapter 1, verse 4 through 8. I'm turning there. Sorry, I thought I had a bookmark in there. Acts 1, 4 through 8. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel and he said to them, it is not for you to know the times nor the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. In other words, don't worry about it. God says, I've got it under control. But God says, this is what you need to worry about. You need to worry about the promise of the Holy Spirit and be positioned to receive it. Because he says in Acts 1 verse 8, but you shall receive, say with me, power. Amen. Come on, say it like it's a powerful word today. But you shall receive Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The promise brings power. That would be a good title to a message right there. The promise brings power. You shall receive power. I want some of that power. Come on. I need that power to live, to serve and to be. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about that in the thought of the Holy Spirit, I believe, is the vital ingredient for your life. The vital ingredient for your life. Not meaning that it's greater than salvation. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing greater than salvation but i believe it's a necessity for us as children of god to live a victorious life and to live the gospel that call god has called us to be you know i'm not a chef I never will confess to it. In fact, I probably can't even spell chef properly. All that I before E except after C stuff kind of just throws me a little bit. Do I have a witness in the house? You know? And I'm glad most of you don't read my notes because if you read my notes, you would be praying for me. You would think I probably didn't make it through elementary school with some of my spelling. Miss Nancy has to interpret my words and stuff and spell check doesn't even help my stuff. Come on. you bad when spell check is clueless and said this is not even in the deal dictionary help. But, you know, I've never confessed to be a chef. But there's one thing I do know, and that is this. There is always in anything you make a vital ingredient that needs to be present. There's a lot of substitutions today, and Miss Denise can tell us more than any of the different substitutes there is today and the different alternatives for many different foods and sweeteners and eggs and and non-dairy for milk and all these substitutes there are. But even with all the substitutes there are, there are still vital ingredients that you cannot substitute out without the final product being affected. Let me give you an example. If you're trying to make a chicken casserole, incidentally, great chicken casserole the other day. If you're trying to make a chicken casserole, how many knows what the vital ingredient is for a chicken casserole? Chicken. Chicken. Without the vital ingredient, Edward, it's just a casserole, okay? So you can put all different kinds, but if you are trying to make a chicken casserole, you've got to have chicken. Chicken. It's different kinds of chicken you can have. You can have the breast. You can have processed. You can have all these different kinds of chicken. But in order for it to be a chicken casserole, it's got to have the vital ingredient. To leave out that ingredient will affect the nature of the outcome. Let me say that statement one more time. And I want you to think about it not as chicken casserole. But I want you to think about it as Melissa Alfonso's life as Miss Emma's life, as Earl's life, to leave out the vital ingredients will affect the nature of the outcome. It's so important, I believe that happens in our lives when we choose to leave out God's promise, God's gift. God had a gift of salvation to the world and the gift He has to His church is His Holy Spirit. He promises that to His children. So when we leave out the vital ingredient of the Holy Spirit, I believe it will affect the outcome of our lives. Tonight I want to show you how the vital ingredient of the Holy Spirit has been present throughout the entirety of the Word of God. A lot of people think the Holy Spirit just showed up on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 from the upper room, wind and fire, bam, the Holy Spirit showed up. I want to show you from beginning to end in the word of God that the Holy Spirit has always been present, has always been active, has always been there. So let's look tonight, if we could, at creation. Look at creation or the Holy Spirit's role in creation. And notice I say him or he or his when I'm referring to the Holy Spirit, because He's not an it or a thing. The Holy Spirit is part of the triune Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He is the person of the Holy Spirit, just as much as Jesus and just as much as God. He is the person of the Holy Spirit. So that's why we're going to refer to Him as He or His or Him, because it's not just a warm, fuzzy feeling. So it doesn't take long as we look through our Bibles. In fact, turn to the beginning of your Bible and turn to Genesis chapter 1. And from the very beginning, actually the second verse of the Bible, we see the Holy Spirit present. Genesis 1 verse 1 and 2 says, in the beginning God created the heavens And the earth. Verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Notice next. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Spirit of God was present at creation. And I love the stance, if you want to put it that way, or the picture that we see through the words that is used, that the Spirit of God was hovering, hovering. What an incredible description of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it was like He was posed or poised, ready for action. He was waiting. He was right there. He was in a holding pattern. He was waiting for instruction and direction. It's almost like this image, you know, let me at him, let me at him. That the Holy Spirit was ready. He was there, just waiting for the command. Psalms 104 verse 30 says this, You sent forth your Spirit, the Holy Spirit. They are created and you renewed the face of the earth. So here's the picture that we get from creation. The Holy Spirit was actually the dynamo, he was the generator, he was the power source of the triune. Godhead. He was the power that created, He was the power that changed, and He was the power that establishes. You may say, well, that was good for creation. You've got to start thinking about that same role of the Holy Spirit that He wants to play in every one of our lives. He wants to change us. He wants to create or renew us. He wants to establish us. Now, we haven't got time to go into it tonight, and there's many Opinions on what took place because we see here that God created and now there is chaos, there is void, there is darkness. But from the darkness and the void and nothing, however it got that way or whatever took place, I'm not going to talk about that tonight because that's not something that's going to affect your salvation. But I believe the Holy Spirit is the vital ingredient and you need to hear about Him tonight. But amidst the darkness... Amidst the chaotic state that the world was in, he put into effect the creative words of God. The Holy Spirit put into effect the creative words of God. It was through the working of the Holy Spirit that continents were formed, that mountains appeared, that the ocean was separated from the land. That's power. Come on, I'm saying, that's power right there. That the Holy Spirit was able out of nothing to make the incredible world that we see around us today. And here's the sad thought. We worry whether God can handle our problems. The Holy Spirit is able to take care of any chaotic state and mess that we can ever find our lives So at God's command, he was hovering, waiting for God's command. At God's command, bam, he went into work. He went into creating. He created a world, a thing of beauty, to be lived in and inhabited by mankind. Each day, he performed a specific duty. On the first day, God said, let there be light. And bam, the Holy Spirit established life. Let it be separated on day two. Let there be a firmament. Let there be an environment. He separated and on and on and on. Vegetation, trees, plants, animals, birds. All these things, the Holy Spirit fulfilled a specific duty. So in the creation, we see the working of the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't just finish in the creation. The second part we're going to look at is through the entirety of the Old Testament, which is Genesis through Malachi. And it doesn't take long when we move beyond the creation that we once again see the Holy Spirit at work. But here's how the Holy Spirit would work in the life of people back in those days. The Holy Spirit would come upon people for a specific purpose. He would empower individuals to do a specific task, showing us a shadow of what the Holy Spirit was going to be available in the life of us, the believers. Why? Because in the Old Testament, it was a limited power that came upon them for a specific purpose. But in the New Testament, we see an unlimited power where the Holy Spirit permanently wants to dwell within us and permeate from within us. Here's a couple of examples. Remember Joseph? We call him the dreamer. Who gave him those dreams? It was the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that gave him the vision, the plan, the purpose for his life. Why were those dreams so important? We can say, well, if he hadn't have had those dreams, his life would have been complete. Without those dreams, nations would have been lost. Because God beforehand knew that the Bible says in in Psalms that he sent ahead of them Joseph to make provision for the children of Israel. He didn't have it easy. But yet through the dreams and the future and the purpose that God had for his life, he saw the hand of God. Listen to what Pharaoh says of Joseph. And you've got to remember, Pharaoh was not a godly man, but yet the most powerful man on the face of the earth. And this is what Pharaoh says of Joseph in Genesis 41 and verse 38. He says these words, And Pharaoh said to those around him, to his servants, Can we find such one as this? A man in whom is the Spirit of God. An ungodly man had to come to this conclusion that the Holy Spirit, there's something inside of him that distinguishes him, that sets him apart from everyone else. Why would he say that? The only reason he would say that was because of the evidence of the Holy Spirit working in his life. There was a change. There was something different about this boy. There was something different about him we see how the Holy Spirit gave Joseph extreme wisdom and insight when no one else knew the dreams Pharaoh had dreamt Joseph gave glory to God and says I know a God that is able and the Holy Spirit empowered him to be able to have the wisdom and insight what about Gideon the Holy Spirit came and gave strength and direction to a young man who was the least of the least. One day, he he was told of the Lord, gather an army to go and defeat the Midianites. If I'm going to defeat an army that the Bible says was innumerable, meaning that there were so many of them, that the sand of the seas, the camels and every... I mean, this was an incredible army. If I'm going to go and fight a big army, I want a bigger army. So he tries to muster all the people and he does pretty good. He gets, I think, was it 30,000 people? And he's thinking, well, you know, we're still pretty much outnumbered. That's pretty good. He says, God, what do you think? And God says, no, too many. To cut a long story short, God whittled down his army from 30,000 to 300 men. And he split them up in three groups of 100. Talk about feeling insignificant. But as they were led by the Spirit of God, they saw a victory that day that the enemy cut down themselves and fought themselves. Now, you've got to tell me something here. It takes a miracle that 300 men would defeat a massive, incredibly trained army. That doesn't just happen. But when the Holy Spirit shows up, it's possible. Come on, when the Holy Spirit shows up, it's possible. What about Joshua? Joshua? In Numbers chapter 27, verse 18, Moses is about to hand the reins over. God says, you've got to find a a successor, someone to come and take over. What does it say in Numbers 27, verse 18? And the Lord said to Moses, that Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand upon him, meaning anoint him, put him in the place of leadership. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon him or the spirit is within him out of all the people of that day he was singled out and he was led by the spirit and he was chosen to be the one that would lead the children of israel into the land of promise what about samson these are old testament examples that time and time again you'll read through the life of Samson that the Spirit would come upon him, the Holy Spirit of power and might would come. It doesn't tell us this in the Word of God, but most of the times the image that we have of Samson is this incredible muscular, rippling muscles, pretty much like me, I know what you're all thinking, that kind of image. But I don't think that's how Samson was. I think he was pretty puny and scrawny like Trey. And something like that. Why? Because he was asked by someone who knew him perhaps the best, where is the secret of your strength? It wasn't in his biceps and in his triceps. It wasn't in his physical body. It was that the Holy Spirit would come upon him. And it had to be the Holy Spirit that a man could pick up a jawbone of a donkey and kill a thousand armed, skilled Navy SEALs. I mean, these were trained men that he took down. thousand people with a jawbone of a donkey. How could he do that? I'm telling you how. Because the Holy Spirit, the Bible said, would come upon him. Would come upon him. But also there's something else that we need to see in the life of Samson that is a warning to every one of us. And even though the Spirit of the Lord moved upon Samson again and again in such an awesome, powerful way, Samson is a prime example of what happens to people who desire only the power and the glory for themselves and don't live under the discipline of God's Spirit. God's Spirit is not just power and glory for you. Everything that God does is to bring Him glory. And that's why you've got to start asking yourself, God, I want a promotion. You've got to start asking yourself, is my promotion, am I going to use it to bring glory to God? Because if you're not, God's not going to grant that. Because everything he does on this earth is to bring glory and honor to his name. And you've got to realize that in our lives. So Samson misused that power. He fell asleep and he was lulled to sleep and didn't even know the Bible said that he had lost his strength that the Holy Spirit had left him. God's power is to be used at His command and for His glory. There's so many others that we could look at in the Old Testament. Saul, an incredible man. Yes, he disobeyed God and God stripped the kingdom away from him, but an incredible guy, Saul. Saul. What about David, a little shepherd boy, but the Spirit of God was in him that people didn't see a shepherd boy, they saw a mighty warrior. What about Daniel, that the Spirit of God came upon him too in the interpretation of dreams. The list goes on and on and on. But what do we see? They were all empowered for a specific purpose or a time. Even those we see under the inspiration of the power of God who wrote the Word of God. The Spirit would come upon them. 2 Peter 1 verse 21 says, For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Coming upon them for a specific purpose. So to sum up where we're at from where we began tonight to this point. We see that the Holy Spirit was a creative, active force in creation. But we've also seen that He was a dynamic spirit, Spirit to influence, to enable, to empower individuals for specific purposes. But we also see through the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament this, that He was also the regenerative Spirit. What does that mean? That He was bringing people, pointing the way, Back to the Father. And we see that through the Old Testament. So let's look at the third part of the role of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God. And that's the life of Christ. In the life of Jesus, we see the Holy Spirit present and working before even the conception of Christ. When the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says to her these words in Luke chapter 1 verse 34 and 35. He's already told her that she's going to have a son. And she replies to the angel and she said, and then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? And Gabriel answered in verse 35 and the angel answered and said to her, there it is again, the Holy Spirit will come upon you And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit at work in the conception of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. After the initial birth of Jesus, very is little recorded. For many years, almost 30 years of his life, very little is recorded. We read of a story that he goes to Jerusalem and he leaves his mum, or they leave him there and they find him some three days later and he's in the temple. But outside of that, there's very little. That is mentioned about Jesus, except really one verse, and it comes from Luke 2, verse 52. And this is really exciting for me to quote this verse tonight because this is the new syllabus for our children's ministry, and that's Luke 2, 52. That's why we call it. It's called 252 Basic. And here's what it says in Luke 2, 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, in favor, with God and with. Man. Not much is said, but what we see is Jesus grew in stature and in favor with both God and man. So during this time that we don't see or hear much about, he's still under the instruction of his parents. And during that time, the Holy Spirit is beginning to prepare him as he is learning and has been taught the word of God. One day, almost 30 years later, he stands before John at the River Jordan. And he stands there to be baptized. And you can read of this in Matthew 3, verse 16 and 17. And when we read of the baptism of Jesus, we see the entire aspect or all three persons of the Trinity. Because what happens when he stands to be baptized and John begins to baptize and the Bible says the heavens were opened. And a voice from heaven cried out, This is my son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. What happens next? What's the next verse? And then a dove came down. Oh, it's the one before, sorry. The dove came down, symbolizing the Holy Spirit, because that's one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit is the dove. Other ones is oil, water, fire, and wind. But the dove came down, symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, Jesus is the one being baptized. Jesus baptized, Holy Spirit symbolized by the dove, voice from heaven, God, the Trinity present and all in agreement for the beginning of the earthly ministry of Jesus. It's amazing, though, isn't it? The first place that the Holy Spirit leads Jesus is to the wilderness. The next thing we read of is that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Again, we haven't got time to go through it, but it was a time of testing. That Jesus had to go through and to overcome. Why? So that he would not misuse the powers that had been given to him for his own self-gratification or his own exaltation. But his powers, the gift of life, the Holy Spirit was a gift that was given to him in order to touch the world. Look what it says in Acts chapter 10 and 38 of the life of Jesus. It says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. I love that. How many times have we heard the Holy Spirit and power being mentioned together? Why? Because it's power for the believer. The Holy Spirit and power. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus lived, Jesus moved. And Jesus worked miracles by the power of the Holy Spirit of which he was filled with without measure. Showing us the power that was going to be available for every one of us as believers of God. Because of his life, because of his death, because of his resurrection, he paved the way for our lives. So he was born of the Spirit. He was baptized in the Spirit and he went forth in the Spirit throughout his life's ministry. So creation through the Old Testament, through the life of Christ, but it didn't end there. It went also into the early church. Acts 1 verse 8, but you shall receive power. This was the word to the early church. This was the point where the infilling power of God was about to be poured forth. It wasn't just going to be hovering any longer. It wasn't just going to be empowering for moments of greatness. It wasn't just upon Jesus, but it was all up this till this time that now it could be shed abroad in the hearts and lives of each one of us that the power of God would cause us to live To be what God has called us to be and to serve. But notice what it says also in Acts 2 verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Jesus promised it. Now they stood in fulfillment of it. And that power gave them strength to live, to serve and to be. That when they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance, people from all different nations of the world heard something in common. They heard in their own tongue and in their own language people who were glorifying and praising God. What is the purpose and the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer? To bring glory and honor and praise unto God that people would hear that. As the Holy Spirit fell, 5,000 people were saved in one day. Can you imagine what would happen to our church if 5,000 people got saved in one day? First problem would be, where would we meet? We'd have to have 25 services on a Sunday morning. We'd probably have to start on Wednesday to get finished by the next Wednesday so we could have an hour off to start all over again. 5,000 people in one day were saved. And their lives became such a witness. You know, I've I've preached a whole series on this. They didn't have people to look at. They didn't have a church model to go to and say, well, how do we act as Christians? How do we do church? Do we do praise and worship? How long do we pray? How long do we sing? How long do we preach? How long should I serve? They did not have any models like that to look at. All they had was a religion, a dead religion. But the Holy Spirit came upon them and showed them and quickened unto them what to do. And as a result of that working power, the Bible says, daily there was added to the church and the church began to multiply. You've got to understand this. The growth wasn't because of the external It was because of the internal. It wasn't because of the manifestation of God that all of a sudden people are hearing about the wind and fire. And that's why the church grew. Thank God for the manifestations of God. Thank God for the moving power of God in services. I've been in incredible services where my life has been touched and changed. But like Kayla said, those things are going to be forgotten. But what grew the church was the change that took place inside of everyone who experienced the healing, delivering, life-changing, regenerative, creative power of the Holy Spirit that changed them. And that's why the Holy Spirit is such a vital ingredient. Because He wants to change you from the inside out. Megan and then we probably remember and Miss D, that when we were doing youth camps, We had incredible youth camps. And one of the biggest issues that we dealt with with youth camps many times was the clothing that people would wear, specifically really the girls more than the guys. We didn't really have problems with the guys. But having people coming from all different walks of life, from all over America, there were certain ways that people dressed that they thought was okay that just really wasn't presentable and wasn't what we wanted. And I remember one year there was this one young girl that she... Every day she just, she pushed the envelope every day. And she would be sent back up and asked to change and she would sneak out another way and she would just, it, it was horrific. It was a battle that we faced over and over and over again. I think we finally had to put her in front of Hitler and Miss D had to deal with her. But you know what, no matter what we said, it wasn't getting through to this young girl. And one night in the service, she gave her heart to the Lord. And that same night she got filled with the Holy Ghost. That was a Saturday night. On Sunday morning, or I believe before she even went to bed, on Saturday night, she was going around the girls on her floor trying to find some clothes that she could wear because everything that she had in her bag she now knew wasn't suitable. We had tried to tell her and it didn't get through to her. But the Holy Spirit did such a change inside of her that that Sunday morning, I think she was on the front row of the choir in a beautiful dress. Now, I'm not saying that we have to all wear dresses to be presentable. But the clothing that she wore, I mean, the handkerchiefs, we've seen handkerchiefs with more material in them. But what happened? The Holy Spirit did a work inside of her life. The Holy Spirit did something that we couldn't do. Have you tried to talk to people and it just doesn't get through and they just don't understand? That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit that can change people from the inside out. Because of the life-changing power of the Holy Spirit, great men that day were made greater. Great men were made greater. Now they truly had something to give. What was it Peter and John said? Silver and gold, I don't have. I wonder how many times Peter and John passed that crippled man at the gate beautiful on their way to the temple. I know they passed him at least once a week as they went on the Sabbath to pray. That man knew that place. He, he wasn't new to that location. But all of a sudden, as Peter and John were walking past him, just like every other time they had, something stirred up inside of them and they began to realize, you know what, we've maybe given that man a few meals. As they've thrown him a few coins. We've maybe paid for him for a few meals. But all of a sudden, something rose up inside of them that Peter turned around and said, Listen, silver and gold I don't have. But what did he say? Such as I have. What was he talking about? The power, the life-giving, energizing power of the Holy Spirit. That which I have, I give unto you. And what did he say? In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And bam, that guy got up. How did that happen? The power of the Holy Spirit. Power to live, power to serve, and power to be. Because when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they had something to give. Even through persecution, and we don't even understand and comprehend the persecution that they went through. I was just reading the other day, I think it's in Acts 4 or 5, when they were beaten so bad, and the Bible says they left rejoicing that they were found worthy to be beaten for Christ. Incredible. And we get upset when someone says something against us. Or, or, or laughs at us. The persecution they went through. But even with the persecution, the Bible says they didn't keep silent. And as a result of the Holy Spirit within their lives, they were given the label that we are now known by today Christians. But they were given that name as an insult, they were given that name almost as mockery. Look at them, they're little gods. As they would mock them. Look at the little gods. But little did those people know in mockery would turn out to be the greatest compliment that anyone could ever have. Why could they be seen as little gods? Because there was a power that changed them from the inside out. The power of the Holy Spirit. In the face of persecution, what would we pray? God, help us. God, bring us out of persecution. Come on, let's be honest. That's what I'd be praying. God, I can't take no more. You know what they prayed? Give us a greater boldness. Read it for yourself in Acts 4, verse 29. They prayed for a greater boldness. They didn't pray for God to take it away. They prayed for a greater boldness. You know what they were saying? The persecution, heat up the fire. We're still not going to bow. Is that not what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said? It may get hotter, but guess what? God is is able. And the Bible says that when they cried out for a boldness, that God refilled them again and gave them a greater boldness. That's why we need refilling in our lives. It's not just an initial. We need refilling to be re-energized and refilled by the power of God. So tonight, as I bring this to a close, the same Holy Spirit from creation who hovered carrying out the commands of God. Is the same Holy Spirit throughout the Old Testament that would empower people for a specific purpose and a role? which is the same Holy Spirit which was part of the conception of Christ that moved upon Him, that caused Him to live and do mighty miracles that turned this world upside down. It's the same Holy Spirit that empowered the local or the early church that added thousands on a daily basis because of a change took place. And it's the same Holy Spirit that now chooses and longs to dwell inside of each one of us as believers of God. Think about this. If David could say in 2 Samuel 22, verse 30, David says these words, for by you, speaking about God, for by you I can run against a troop and by my God I can leap over a wall. If David could say those words understanding that the Holy Spirit was limited in his life and would only come upon him at specific times for specific purposes. If David could say those words, what should our statement be today? What should our statement be? Us who have available to us the limitless, the miraculous, infilling, baptizing, life-changing power. That's available for each one of us. People can say whatever they want. And they can look and turn their nose up and say, oh, that Holy Spirit is just junk stuff. They can say whatever they want. But from this pulpit and in this church, we're going to tell you, it's a vital ingredient. That if you take it out of your life, you're going to affect the outcome and the nature of of your life. I didn't say you're not going to be saved. Because there's only one thing that needs need for salvation. Is salvation. To make it to heaven. But Jesus said. There's a power to live. There's a power to serve. And there's a power to be. That you need in your life. And that power to live. Victoriously. That power to serve. To be the witness for God. And that power to be, to fulfill the potential that God has for your life can only be found in one thing, and that's in the Holy Spirit.
1: We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart C's Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp.hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.
0: Master.